Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Junkyard. The show talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of arts and entertainment. I'm Imani. I'm Zach. And here, here we go. go! Hey, so what's going down in Chinatown, Charlie Brown? Um, well, I actually heard of a, a recent uh, m- massacre in Chinatown. Oh fact, so my God. Your sensitivity and your ignorance. <laughs> Um, a disgrace <laughs> in the podcast, and I'll be looking for a new co-host very soon. Oh um, damn! <laughs> um, no, everything's going great here in Chinatown. Um, and I answered that like that's a fucking <laughs> <laughs> everything's going great over here in the hood. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, everything's going good. How about you? Uh, yeah, everything everything is fine. Um. You and I wrapped a project today. That was pretty uh, exciting. We had to had to add a fourth day to filming uh, to get the things done, but we got it done. That's funny. We we added the extra day, but we wrapped early. Um, so I just think about you know how how can I get better at scheduling? You know, could could we have made those two hours happen last week? Anyway, I'm doing good. The project is finished. Um, uh, half the proxies are made. And tomorrow I'll start editing. Yeah, I have to say I really enjoy shooting porn with you. It's um, I think we make a great director team, and I think that uh, our cast, you know, they really appreciate the where we went artistically. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I think it's about being able to like value someone else's differences, right? Like the way that you want to film, um, you know, the costume scene. You know, I I really have to understand that's where your theater background really comes in, mm-hmm. right? So then we want when we film the moonlight sex scene, it's important that you trust my film expertise about the lighting, yeah. And I I just think the collaboration around that really builds trust, especially in such an intimate uh, medium. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think where I really my importance comes in is you know I, I really dive deep. You know what 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 is what is the the pizza man's importance in the story right. what's, the back, what's the background who am i why am i right. here you know and uh one of our actors who was, was really brilliant really came up with some some good stuff so yeah um <laughs> <laughs> next time next time don't laugh and just move on <laughs> i know I'm, I'm so bad. oh you know i can just cut it you know what i mean i can just I can edit <laughs> no it. leave it and leave it in so that that next time whoever yeah. knows Mm-hmm. was listening and whoever thinks we're actually directing porn is a newcomer is a newcomer a newcomer <laughs> hey because you know, they watch their porn is so, where i was yeah. getting at get out there and and take your daily dose of porn <laughs> daily dose of porn uh, uh porn a day keeps the doctors and the women away <laughs> all right <laughs> It's all, all all up to you guys, you incels out there with no health insurance. Um. <laughs> you incel? That's an insult. I'm going to call somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, you look like an incel with no health insurance. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny because the other guy last week said, you know, <laughs> the, that one guy. Anyway, man. So what do you have for us? I, we, we talked about this before the podcast. What do you have? Lay it on me. Uh, so I guess update. Uh, so we'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit the drama. We'll hit the drama first, and then we'll, we'll get into some deeper things. I think today I don't have a lot of um, events. Oh, actually, I just it's so it's so funny um, because we're kind of we kind of we are we're a week behind because last week was crazy. Um, 
And so I think the last time we had talked, we had had a conversation about Ray Fisher, or maybe it was two episodes ago. Um, I, I can't remember about Ray Fisher and accountability over entertainment. Um, and then we had also Ray Fisher who played Cyborg in um, oh. League. And, uh, and then we talked about Justice League and just this week or within the last week, there's been an update from Ray Fisher as well as the official trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League just dropped. Uh, I can't. Uh, a couple days ago. I can't remember. Yeah, really, really recently. Have you seen it? I have not seen the trailer, but I saw the 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 banner for it on HBO Max. Uh, but you haven't seen BVS though, huh? No, I've not seen BVS. Okay, all right, all right. So, so, so the goal is you and I to watch that. We'll have to watch Man of Steel, and then we'll watch we'll watch BVS. Like in the next week, we have to. Okay. Um. Okay. So real quick, we we had we had talked about uh you know Zack Snyder leaving Justice League early, and uh, Warner Brothers bringing on Joss Whedon to direct it. Um, and that and that he um is a person who abuses his power. Uh, he is abusive. He behaves in abusive ways towards um, uh, actors, artists that he's working with, right? We talked about that. And the whole thing about, you know, uh, Ray Fisher calling him out and there being an investigation and, and uh, you know, the, the company not wanting to, or Warner Brothers not wanting to disclose too much information, but uh, it seemed like, Ray Fisher's claims were pretty legit, right? So the update um, came in the form of two tweets. Um, so Joss Whedon also directed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the uh, TV series. And I, uh, no way, I totally should have these things sourced up. So I'm... Uh, saying these things correctly so as i stall for time i'm thinking about uh what, what was let's say uh joss whedon stalling for time uh time. got called out by a former actress from buffy the vampire slayer um who came out in support of ray fisher Mm. Uh, saying really uh, reflecting on here we are uh, so this is from Cinema Blend but I saw this article in a couple different places uh, so Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Charisma Carpenter calls out Joss Whedon for harassment and on set misconduct um, so pretty much what she had been talking about was all the abusive language, um, the way they would uh, abuse the actors through the schedule, the way he he used her pregnancy against her, um, threatening her livelihood. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people should take a look at it. But when they talk about harassment, I mean, really talking about um, not even like a get out of here, sweetheart, and you just you slapped her ass, right? Just like such a, st a stereotype of what harassment can look like. Um, so she says, quote, Joss Whedon abused his power on numerous occasions while working together on the sets of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, which was a spinoff. While he, 
while he while he found his misconduct amusing, it only served to intensify my performance anxiety, disempower me, and alienate me from my peers. The disturbing incidences triggered a chronic physical condition from which I still suffer. It is a beating heavy. It is with a beating heavy heart that I say I coped in isolation and at times destructively. Um, he made quote passive aggressive threats and quote to fire her. Uh, also claimed that he called her fat uh, in front of her castmates while she was pregnant, describes, describes him as mean and biting and openly disparaging about others. So she came out in support of Ray Fisher, um, saying that these claims are, you know, I, I support you and what you're doing because I, exper I had an experience with this director and um, he was abusive. Um, so that came out. And then I think... I can't remember before, right before, or right after Ray Fisher then put out a tweet saying, there's a reason that I'm not being sued. Mm. Hey, y'all, just so you know, right. And for me, it's all about the subtext, right? It's like, just so you know, the reason why I'm running my fucking mouth on Twitter, they already fired me, right? They already took him out of the flash movie and not going to give him his own movie. So he's like, fuck it. The reason I'm not getting sued is because all you assholes know that you're assholes. Mm -hmm. Right. They is that, that same bullshit that comes along with a lot of different things, but specifically that attitude of like boys will be boys. Like when when people think the mean things they do are funny, that's fucking dangerous. So that is uh, are some actual events that 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 did happen. Yeah. Again, the hashtag uh, accountability or entertainment. Shit. You know, it kind of I, I, I often like. I feel so bad for people that have to deal with that because I've dealt with tyrannical directors before and it's really hard. I feel like um, um, this doesn't affect anything in terms of like statements and all that stuff, but just like in terms of what she said, um, he did this and that and he found it amusing. You know what I mean? Like everything is so like valid what you're saying. I, I just feel like I always think it's more, I always think it's important when you just speak from your perspective because when you try and bring in and he found it amusing. Like when you say things like that, it's so easy to counter that from the other side, from like a legal perspective. Right. Because you you don't know because you aren't them. That guy could easily say, no, I didn't, you know, saying so. I've always just thought that's like a weak point in testimonies when people say stuff like that. And often I've, I've often noticed that with very sensitive situations like this, people will um, like, for instance, oh, my God, I'm waiting to tell you, this is a more drama um, with um, their a friend. I'm just going to be very, very general about this um are ambiguous okay a friend, a friend of mine was in a college class and in this college class um the teacher was having them read the play fences now fences is by august wilson mm -hmm. he is an uh, uh, african-american writer notorious for uh, avidly using the n-word in his pieces yeah well i mean he you know paints uh, the picture of american life through the african-american yes. experience right it's beautiful he's a pulitzer prize winning author there's nobody you know, naturally, normally the professionals that I've spoke to and connoisseurs of his art, there's no controversy really behind. I mean, there, there's conversation. Yeah. There's I mean, no, like, black people, the... black people say nigga. So if, if a black dude writes that black people in his black play say nigga, it's like, duh, right? Yeah, there's no issue with that. Right. Um, however, so it's it's college, right? So they're reading the play and um, by the way, the, the instructor is African-American herself. Right. Um, 
but not everybody in the class is African-American. So she says, okay, well, to establish a, you know, <laughs> environment where the white kids are allowed to read the play as well, but also not say the N-word, let's just change the word for the purposes of this class to Negro. Like it's the same mm. level as color person, not saying the N word. You know what I mean? Like that's a sort of white students could we could read it out loud. Exactly. Because uh -huh, that's uh -huh. she was reading it out loud in class. So, that, so it wasn't an assignment to read it outside of class, reading it inside of class that you could have discussions about it, you know, and all that stuff. And that's brilliant. Great. That's pretty standard to me. Like when I heard when 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 I when I heard that and heard it being done because I was in the room at one of the class sessions, it seemed super standard to me. It was just a play reading during the class and having discussion on it. And just people saying Negro instead of the N word, it was basic. And so apparently there, the, the, there are a couple, um, black kids in the class who after a week, um, found it very, uh, decided to come out and say that they found it very, very hurtful and offensive that the white kids were saying Negro and that the teacher had allowed them to say that. And, and. Also, they commented on the fact, by the way, the, the teacher, it's a costume design class. So the teacher was having them read it so that they could figure out like piece, really dissect, you know, what costumes they'll be wearing. And the reason why they're reading Fences instead of a show like Wizard of Oz or something like that is because everyone knows the costumes for Wizard of Oz. Right. It's the smaller pieces that are up to, for interpretation. Anyway, so back to, so she had, she had talked about body type in talking about costumes, talking about body right. type. Relative. Right, relative. Yeah, relative, right? And so the students had apparently found the use of Negro and talking of body types, very, very offensive. And yeah, and had um, emailed her about it and emailed all the, all the students about it and this thing. And um, so the teacher, the next class had approached about this saying, you know, by the way, you know what I mean? Um, I never like forced you to say anything. If you were uncomfortable with saying Negro, the floor was there and the floor is still there. You don't have to say it. You know what I mean? Like you don't right. have to say Negro. And the argument with the with the students was that no, we don't want anyone to say it in this class. Like no, 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 we don't want anyone to say that. And, and were they black? Black students complaining? Yeah, the black students were complaining. They said no, no, we don't want. And, and this is a black woman, right? Is the right, teacher, right. right? Like we don't want anybody to say this. And then and then the and then all, and then other students came in. The white students, non-black students, started coming in. How they felt about it too, like. You know, we, you know, we, and we really don't want to, you know, say that, you know, I mean, we should, we, why don't we just drop it? And the teacher was like trying to move on, but the students kept bringing it back and they kept accusing her of not moving on. And then like all this stuff. And so then um, at one point, because I was in the room during all this, okay. I, I was listening. At one point, one of the white students, one of the white male students advocated for the rest of the class by saying to the teacher, I feel like we've reached a disconnect in this situation. Which, you know, in my mind is like hilarious because he's a white boy and this is a black female teacher and we're talking about Negro and its connotations with the N-word. And it's and so basically what the argument that the teacher was making was that Negro is not the N-word. And the goal of saying Negro was not was to not say the N-word. We didn't want to be saying the N-word. And like definition, book, like book definition, Negro is on par with colored. And we say colored all the time. You know what I mean? So it's just about so it's not devaluing what those students thought and how they felt because that's all that's all up to preference and up to your experience so obviously you feel a certain way but also this is a classroom setting you know what i mean we have to be willing to you know what i mean learn about these things if we're just gonna because how i felt about that i felt so strongly about that because like okay so like these kids are not like these white kids 
are not allowed to read this in class because of how we feel. And it's like, we kind of have to question like, so then we have just all these white people not knowing about August Wilson, not reading August Wilson. And like, there's, that's a, such a slippery right. slope. Right. You know what I mean, and like, if that were to happen, then you'd also be, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, why I bring that up is because then the students had felt so um, offended that they had decided to send out a form to all the class to sign, to send to the Dean about the teacher and oh, the situation. Goodness. And in the letter, which they wrote about the teacher, they had said so many things about how she created a hostile environment. Mind you, I was there the entire time listening, right? And they said that she created a hostile environment, that she was mocking how they felt, all these things. And I was like listening to the, the meeting the entire time. And I was like, oh my God, that teacher, like, in, as I heard, and I'm not in the class, right? Um, like kept the, 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 the smoothest tone the entire time. It was like addressing all their, like, their concerns and being like, I hear you and I'm not for it again, not forcing you to say anything. And she even at the end of class said, we're not going to read it in class anymore. It's private reading now. She made it homework. She said, I'm not going to have you read it in class anymore. So she had even got rid of that. And they wrote that letter and, and used such strong wording describing how she felt, even though it was them writing it, that at the end of the day, the letter didn't go anywhere. It didn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it got sent out, but it didn't have any impact. Nothing happened. You know what I mean? And, you know, part of me is glad, you know, obviously all of me is glad because in my opinion, I really don't think that that was fair. I think that there was a lot of hypocrisy happening in that whole discussion, like a lot of a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of ignorance uh, mixed up with thinking that they know everything, like they know more than her or whatever, mm -hmm. like because she's old. like in their in their group chat, they were saying that because there's it's an age gap disconnect, you know what I mean, which is mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's the other way around because she is the person that had to deal with more um, you know, um, inequity earlier on in her life as a black woman that is not a teenager going to, you know, you know, this college, a highly accredited university. Um, I just thought that was insane. So there's a lot of hypocrisy happening there. But most importantly, like it's this thing with people in these very sensitive situations when they're writing these 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 testimonies, trying to talk about people and and trying to, you know, express their feelings, trying to get something done. I feel like there's this weird thing that happens with people you know, they, they talk about the other person's feelings like they know. And I feel like that this really is the, is the wrong way to go about it sometimes. Cause that you don't know about that. Exactly. And that right. can, I feel like that can really hurt your case. Right. Well that, I think that's interesting on so many levels. I mean, from the article, cause I read it once and then just read the quote. Um, I think it's, it's interesting to me because this is, uh, I think quite a specific, um, I'm trying to look for what you the the quote originally that I said about let me see abusing his power and while he found his conduct amusing. So I think I hear what you're saying, and at the same time, we have to be able this this is also some of that bullshit that we see with Trump when he be saying shit, but he doesn't be saying it. Like, yeah, bro, like we everybody knows what you mean. Right. Like if you listen to the phone calls, you'd be like, I see that snaky, snaky snake. But then when you read the interview, you were like, oh, yeah, it's obvious he didn't he didn't say that he wasn't. He was saying this. But right. But then when you hear the tape, you know, there's like that speech underneath that. So for me, when someone's talking about what's happened to them um, in establishing that point, I think that was. um that for me was part of the point of 
how dangerous it was because he didn't see his behavior as mean. He saw it as amusing, right? Which is part of the reason why I'm sure it was so constant and the reason why other people, anyway, I don't, I don't want to validate or invalidate, but I, I, I hear you. And at the same time, I think these things are different because that sounds like a whole different situation. And this is someone talking about having, you know, being abused by someone who held power over them. So well, I think I, we got to be. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think though, like, yeah, like totally. Like, I think that the, I think what would have been, what I'm trying to say is what would have been more powerful since the entire thing is a testament of how that person felt, which is what matters because how a person feels on the set, you know what I mean? How an actor feels you're, you're abused. How you feel is what we're suing them for, right? Is how they made you feel. And I feel like what would have been, um, and this is really like really, and, and also what they did and also what they, also what they did. Yes. But like also, so like yeah, what they did that can be like written down. But I think that what's really important is like, the, it, it felt as if they were, it felt as if he was, um, doing it for his amusement, which is like more important because one, if you say he did it for his amusement, that's okay. That's inviting another side to then say, no, it wasn't. Oh no, I wasn't. No, you don't see us. And then that's room for there for us to not get done what we need to get done. But if you say it really felt to me like he was like, like, you know, he was making, making amusement out of this. Nobody can, can contradict that because that's you saying that he, it made me feel like he was making amusement, like he was making amusement. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Not saying that he didn't, not saying that he, that he couldn't have made amusement out of it. And like I said, this is really just me picking this apart to, to really, cause I, I heard that and that stuck out to me like a sore thumb, just like, cause I've seen that before. And I'm like, to, I feel like to really make a stronger case, stick with the feelings thing. Cause that's what, that's important. We're, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that is important. No one's Yeah. I mean, I also think this is a dangerous rope to walk right here. What we're talking about. It's, it's a bit of semantics. And at this, at the same time of like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Using I statements is always, is always important. And she does in the article, but I also feel like when we really get into the, I don't know. I, I feel like these situations are really different um, because for me, uh, those students, the ones that were offended, I feel like that was a situation where, from what you described, someone who's actually there, that there was a context to set up dialogue, which is the point of school. And I think this also goes back to the song we broke down of like, there's speech hate and there's hate and there's there's hate speech and then there's speech that you hate, right? You are offended by what I'm saying because you have something in your life that you have not dealt with, right? That doesn't make me a bad guy or, you know, worthy of being fired or whatever, right, right? So, and then at the same time, it's like, yeah, it sounds like y'all need to learn how to think critically and how to ask questions and invite a dialogue because obviously the, 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 teacher, the teacher did that. And I think it's different. Like the whole context is different. So even being able to see like, yes, technically when we present this argument, you should only say I, 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 because then it's not like you putting anything on. But I also think that we need to be able to speak the truth, right? And when you see something, you know something. And so I do think we step into like problematic territory when we say, oh, the case would have been stronger. I think she needs to say it like this. 
it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like I hear you. And at the same time, there's something about that tightrope that makes me not feel good about that critique, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying totally. And like, you're saying it, like, it's getting into semantics, but it's like, like, and this is definitely, I guess, like, it's my opinion for sure, but I feel like it's all, all semantics. Like there's feelings and the, but the way that we communicate our feelings, there's a semant- it's semantics that when we say, I've like, you said it like five times right now in, in just your statement, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like these situations, I mean, for me, like when you say stuff like that, you're basically in, in, in our, our, how I've learned through whatever quote unquote PC culture, whatever, how to, how to speak. And it's been for the better, of course, how to speak is, is, speaking in i statements mm-hmm. like when our little cousin journey says this is disgusting mom says no you think it's disgusting you learn from a young age the semantic of i statement and mm-hmm. how that is stronger than anything else because no one can say that you're wrong about how you feel aside from you you know what i'm saying yeah and, and, yes. and that's why that's why that's why i'm saying like yeah i understand it it, it 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 it's a dicey critique but i feel like like semantically which is what it is especially since we know that that's like and not saying like if I'm not judging the case, right? Mm. I'm not in charge of what happens with the case. If it was up to you and me, yeah, obviously we'd be a lot more a lot more um, understanding of the victim because that's just who we are. But when when it comes down to law, which we know how that is as well, mm. I feel like there should be no leeway with semantics if we want the right thing to get done. Because well, maybe semantics evolved, is you know, not the word that I mean to use. Mm. Um, because yeah, it, it's obvious like we have we have an understanding. Maybe it's I don't know. I don't know. I I always get a little prickly, not like defensive, but like when we start when people talk about their experiences and we start critiquing the wording of it, and it, it makes me feel like that because I've just been in situations where that's what it was, right? It's not me. Oh, I feel this way. It's this person mm-hmm. acts this way. And only a few people, right? I don't know how many years. It's been like 20 plus years since Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out. And only now can they speak up about it. I also think that, yes, I statements are powerful. But what happens when the I statement narrows things down too much, right? And they go, oh, well, that's just how you felt. And that was your experience. It's like, no, this person was this. This person is this way. You know what I mean? Or at least the time that I spent with them. So, so blah, all the other things I said, what I was getting to is what is that when the I statement narrows down too much what we're talking about and, and minimizes that? I think that, well, I, um, I recently watched a Ted talk on the importance of not including too many things in, in, and so if you're trying to make a, oh, like same. a point, yeah. So in your, in your, in the arguments that you, if in making an argument, don't say, and this and this and this oh and this and this and then and you're saying if you stick to one thing or a couple things your argument becomes so strong and more you know rock solid in my opinion i really really wouldn't devalue someone like i would never ever say oh well that was just you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like especially if like like even with the kids with like negro right the teacher did the right thing by saying you don't have to say it right you know what i mean that's the right thing because like that is in a way saying like that's you but also not saying oh that's only you so i'm not going to do anything about it that's right. that was me that was her opening it back up and finding happy medium so like if in the case because i really don't even think that's allowed to like do that in, in case of a person especially if they come out like that because with someone offering 
I statements, right? And if those I statements are true, which we're not victim blamers here, we are going to obviously give them the benefit of the doubt, that other people that were involved in the abuse can come out with those direct I statements. I feel like when you say he found it amusing, that's tapping into someone else's experience as, as, as technical as that is and how I understand how that can probably make me to some listener out there sound like sort of a sociopath or whatever. I'm really just trying to be super empathetic or, or, or trying to be very, very like open to everything here. Mm. Not because I think that Joss Whedon should get away with anything or that I think he didn't do it, but because I'm thinking that if we want to make sure that, that, that something gets done and that we are saying the argument in the best possible way that we can using I statements is such a, is such an easy controlled way to make your argument airtight because it literally makes it airtight. And for other people to come up forth with your argument, it's airtight. But it, it's also very tricky because we cannot depend on, I, I, I don't want to say, um, we can't, we can't depend on people coming forward, right? Because what it took her 20 years to come forward and she still has this physical chronic injury, right? I mean, in terms of Ray Fisher coming out, losing his job, the other people, I think only a couple of them have said, I stand with Ray Fisher, I support. And then when they get questioned, they say almost nothing. And probably because they're afraid what happened to him losing all his opportunities is gonna happen to them, right? So, I mean, that just gets deep into it, but I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I really yeah. am interested in, in this situation of the classroom because I think there are several ways that it could have gone, right? I mean, on the teacher standpoint, right, there is a, what, one, the teacher is uh, expected to set a standard, right? So they made a decision and then offered that to the class, right? And then another way to do it is uh, ask the students what they're comfortable with. Right. Um, and I think another way that it, it, it could have been, well, I mean, also, let's talk about the historical context of colored and Negro, because at one time, like, like, I think like things are always different, the generation previous, right? Like I have a, a person that I'm in a community with who's a, like a more mature seasoned artist. And when she was in elementary school, her mom took her to school and say, you are a Negro. You are not colored. Don't you ever let anybody call you colored, right? So it's like, what affects what generation is so different? Because then we moved on from Negro and how it may have been like acceptable for a certain, uh, you know, age to say Negro. But then other people are like, don't you ever call me that? I ain't no goddamn Negro. You know what I mean? Just the same way that people were hurt by colored, right? And, and I think that like the historical context of this is something so rich um, that maybe that it was a, lo a lost opportunity from the teacher to have a discussion first. And then right on the other side of that coin is what's up with these students and not being able to sort of uh, give what they're asking for. It, it, it sounded like, and I see this often with a lot of young people or people in general, but a lot of young people who have a lot of passion about something because they like the core of them is, you know, in, in pursuit of justice in pursuit of something truthful and, and honest. Um, and so they have that passion, but maybe it's social media, maybe it's something else, but there isn't that like 
critical thinking as much. There isn't like, let me step out of myself, right? There isn't like, let's figure out how to solve this, right? Like the, the type of justice or anger that maybe is still solution oriented, mm. I feel like is less valued or, or gets lost. Um, and this idea of like, we're going to cancel you, right? And that is and obviously if that's permeating to, to young people of uh, all uh, races, social construct, but like cultural and geographical backgrounds, right? Like this, this need of like, you did a thing that I don't like. So you know what? You're fucking done. You're mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that I ideology is a plague to just like throw that out at people who are not Harvey Weinstein's no way, no way mm -hmm. your costume teacher. And right. And then we also have to, I think adding sensitivities to things is great but it like there comes a point where maybe also like the i statement where that it narrows down too much like you can't only be sensitive right the sensitivities are backed by a foundation of strength mm -hmm. right and that strength can look different ways uh and, and appear different ways in this in the same way that vulnerabilities can but this sort of vulnerability that that that, that lends itself to fragility, I'm not with that shit. I'm all about the feelings and about the unlearning and about the um, atonement for for past whatevers. You know, if it's possible, then it's possible. If it's not, then it's not. But this idea of like, oh, we're not going to have a conversation about this. I'm not going to come to your office hours and and maybe yell at you in private. Um, and maybe then I discover that, wow, it actually wasn't about you, but I never had a blankety blank or I never knew blankety blank or, you know, like if no one had talked to me or if I didn't have black friends um, going into high school, I had a lot of fucked up things happen to me as a young brown kid. You know, a lot of like random old white people yelling absurdities at me as like a nine year old. You know what I mean? So I feel like maybe there's something in that that is unprocessed that because you can't take a step back from what's happening, you don't get the opportunity to then interrogate that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I think that the biggest, the literally the, the biggest plot hole in the whole thing was the, uh, the inability to see it in its context. They were reading a play. It's not like the kid, it's not like the white kids were like, yeah, hey, um, a Negro had a question, Professor. No, no, that wasn't what it is. They're, 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 <laughs> uh, hey, this Negro in the fourth row has something to say to you, Professor? <laughs> Negro number 248 had a question. You know, it's not what it was. Wow. They, they, yeah. they were reading a script, and that was understood. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the, like, that's, like, that's the thing. That's it. And, and, and to answer your question, um, the teacher did ask the students, like, what they wanted. And the students said, one, one, at one time, the student said, we don't want to read it. We don't want to read the play anymore in class. And like, that's like, you're changing my curriculum. I wrote this fucking curriculum. I'm the teacher. Like, you can't just say that's homework. It's two weeks of homework. You know what I mean? And then also then the students were like, okay, then we want to say blank instead of Negro. And, 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 and that sounds yeah. so lazy to me. That sounds like, lazy to blank? me. Blank? What the f and, and also like, okay, like once again, with context, like, I know that every word has its historical connotation. We cannot ignore that. We cannot disassociate ourselves with that. But saying blank 
in the place of, you know what I'm saying? Like in the place of saying Negro, you might as well just be saying Negro. It doesn't right. make any, you're just like, at that point, you just don't want to hear the word and you're saving your ears. Like are your ears going to shatter if you hear the word Negro. Like, I don't understand that. Like, once again, not ignoring your sensitivities, but like also, do you need to enforce your sensitivities on everyone else in the class? Like there are five mm. people speaking up on it and there's 32 people in the class. Right. Five people, 32 kids, five people speaking for all the rest of the students saying that they shouldn't be saying it. There's four black girls and these four black girls are saying that no one else should be saying it. And so everyone else is getting robbed of this opportunity either if, if they had had their way and got rid of fences out of the curriculum, okay, no one else gets to read it in this class and it's up to them if they want to read it on their own, if they have the time. Right, right. The teacher replaces it. And I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. That's so I, I don't even know what that is. Like that is like, I have no way. I that's the same as like Trump being like, oh, it's fake news. That's a nasty thing. What they said. Therefore, I don't like what they said. No one should listen to it. Right. No one is overruled. Like right. that's a slippery slope, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, it's also like what you were saying is such a good point earlier about like, don't we? Isn't part of the problem? Isn't a big part of the problem? the fact that so many white people don't actually know black history and that black history is American history, right? These white people, white people in general need to know and have the same reverence for all these black artists as the general public does for all these white artists, right? That's for me, that's real integration. I mean, I, I definitely think that there is always an opportunity for a conversation, but then also like, like, when does the, I don't even know what it would call, like, it doesn't even feel like real wokeness to me, but like, whatever it is, like, again, when does it get in the way? When does your sensitivity get in the way? And when is it something that, that we need to be sensitive about? And, oh, maybe it's both. Like, when is something a thing to be sensitive about while moving through? Like the weight thing, right? Because that can get real disrespectful because... Like for me, that was the whole thing about like, um, like, uh, um, dang, I'm trying to think of like the lingo when people talk about fat shaming, um, the, like, like, like weight conscious or like, like, uh, like body advocates or like things like that. I'm like, but, but isn't, isn't the point not to stop saying the word fat? Isn't the word just to also include that in our realm of beauty, right? Like if you are three times my size for whatever reason, it's not my job to, to say, oh, don't, don't, don't call them big. Don't call them big. Bitch, they know they're big. They're big, mm. right? The point is not to, to hide the point is to include them and treat them like fucking people who deserve respect, big, small, black or white. It's supposed to be about the acknowledgement, right? The respect and the inclusion of people because we are, are equal, because we are the same. And so for me, it is always a missed opportunity when people don't want to talk about something. Um, I mean, I think you can talk about something and then decide afterwards, like, hey, that was really not cool and I don't want to do that like I had a teacher like we were getting into a groove and everything was uh you know peachy we were getting like deep into race stuff and they're they're a white person and then one time they just randomly you know because we were just having such such uh conversations back and forth then they asked me I I hope this, I hope this isn't disrespectful but I want to ask 
do you think there's a possibility that black people actually benefited from slavery? And at the time in the middle of this college, I was like, oh, wow, that seems like it'd be super deep thing to ask. But now maybe a year and a half after two years after I'm like, don't you fucking ever ask me something so goddamn disrespectful ever again. Um, and, you know, because now I also know about the language shift of from slaves to people who were enslaved, right? Like all these things we continue to learn. I think it's okay to incorporate new things you learn into your previous knowledge set. And obviously sometimes things are dangerous, right? You can't, it's, it's, you can't just green light every conversation like, nope, that's fucking racist. That's hateful. That's white supremacist or whatever it is. We're not talking about that because of A, B, and C, right? That's, those are also fair things to say. But when you're in a college setting, I think it's, yeah, like you were saying, it's a slippery slope to not be able, to not want to is different than to not even be able to have that conversation. I think that, um, I think that, that while that is a super dicey question for that um, person to ask, it feels like it was like a very philosophical question. Philosophical, right, there's context, right? Yeah, yeah, in the context of it. So that's the thing is like, also like, so it's a costume design class and don't, let's not forget the students were also really offended on the teacher talking about body types, right? Which is really weird to me because that's like costumes, right? And so like, like observationally, you can see people are different. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, should we all be wearing smalls? Because then you'll be upset as well, won't you? Fucking, yeah. If we're all know? wearing extra larges, you'll be fucking mad, right? Place. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. You know what I'm saying? So like, so like, uh, yes, on what you were saying in terms of like, it's not <laughs> deleting the word fat out of our vocabulary, but embracing it as not a, not a, a limit. A, trying to remove the negative connotations around the word. And um, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, save so for some people that are just have bigger bodies, there are obviously health problems, but the like the social negative connotations around it, like you're not less of a person because you're fat. Like that's, I understand the whole thing and that makes a lot of sense. Um, right, but, we, want, we want people to be people to be healthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but even healthy looks different on so many different bodies. Yeah, just because you're, just because you're, uh, let's say overweight doesn't mean that, you know, probably some overweight people out there that have a better diet than I do. So, you know, right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Um, but anyway, going, um, going on that it's also like the context of the education like there's the context of it being a play and there's also the context of being an educational setting like so good of you zach to have like listened to that professor's question and have like actually given it some thought and maybe even answered it i would even have that conversation with somebody today but then in your personal life or in your mind because education is very personal and i think that education is best when it gets really personal mm. but like when when you think about when you think about that you're like that was that's was actually really fucking disrespectful i feel like but like did that help you did that did that help you realize anything maybe not that ever did slavery benefit black people but maybe it helped you uncover some more about how detrimental slavery was to black people beyond right, just like right. my existence today there's no fucking reparations there's systemic racism fucking you know what i'm saying like there it, it, you know what i'm saying like this is not it nothing was good from this but maybe that question itself i don't know i'm not going to talk about the question but i'm just saying that question i think came from a justifiable place in terms of philosophical historical analysis which is what right. education especially college education is for that's what that's for you know right. what i'm saying um with so like, the total allowance for me to come back and say no right exactly. right with I, I think a question is even more legit 
like, because it may be offensive, but you also have to ask like, what's attached to it? Is this person legit asking the question with no intention of being harmful or like digging for an answer, mm-hmm. right? They just want to know what I think, right? Exactly. And you're also right of like, if I think about that question, what might come to mind could be a totally like related to something totally differently entirely. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, also, it's such a hypothetical question. And a question like that. Yeah. If no slavery had happened, it's a whole alternate reality where maybe Africa is no longer a developing country and has become this prospering. Maybe Africa is, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's like, what Afrofuturism is. I've never heard of that. What is that? Oh, uh, so pretty much, I got to get more into it. Um, Afrofuturism, I think, in a really simple way, is like, what the future or what the current society would be if colonialism did not come to Africa, if Africa was allowed to like grow on its own and didn't have the Europeans uh, and Americans, um, you know, leave us, leave, leave them without, you know, because the Atlantic slave trade took like 10 million people. Um, and so the country was left without people to make it work. And so yeah, all the corruption and all the bullshit, but yeah, Afrofuturism is, Afrofuturism is like the 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 black future without colonialism. I think. Mm, so there. So so, and you believe he was genuinely asking the question, right? Yeah, yeah. They they were genuinely asking. So there you go. You know what I mean? Like that could have not opened up. Yeah, you know, I think it was all for the better, but more of like a no because and let's go back. You know what I'm saying? So right, um, right. I feel like yeah, the, it definitely does take a context in the way that a person asks that question for sure. I'm in a humanities class right now, um, which is philosophical historical analysis. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm definitely anticipating now that you just said that question, something of the sort. I mean, this guy has already asked, uh, "What if music were free?" You know, something like that. And I'm already like, "Okay, we're getting really out there now." <laughs> this is gonna be. I'm definitely expecting that question. And like, if I ever got asked that question, like, I'm ready to have that that conversation, and I'm ready to not ever change my perspective about slavery being good. But change my perspective on the on different effects of slavery instead of it, you know, just being so two dimensionally right. bad, which it is. But also, let's learn more about it. So, yeah. Um, I also yeah, think that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say those kids totally robbed themselves of a of a good experience. I think. I mean, even they they still read the play and did some work on it. Okay. But they didn't get to read it in class and have discussions in class anymore, and that's that's on them, and it affected them. The teachers read the play a thousand fucking times. Right, right, right. So, and, and even though there was only five kids really speaking up about it, about it being so offensive, and I'm saying there was 32 kids, and those five kids are speaking for the 32 kids, like the other kids weren't coming out either in class and saying this. And and I think a, a large issue was, because Rose was one of the people that, that, that didn't agree with what the kids were saying. Uh-huh. Um, but she said, I, I cannot say anything in this class right now, because if I say anything, I'm fucking toast. She's like, I'm done. I can say it in the most respectful way possible right. how I feel. And at the end of the day, I'm a white girl, and that's right. it's just my. However, I feel it can easily, easily be just. Well, you wouldn't understand it, and like I'm like, well, that's valid. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some I, sometimes I, it's not always our place to answer that question. You know, what I'm I, saying? I hear shit all the time that I have opinions about, but I don't say anything because it's not my time, not my place. Because if you do, it's like. It doesn't matter if you say anything anyway, because this mm. is not your this is not your field. Mm. You know what I mean? And I and I, I was with her at the time, and I was telling her, I was like, you know, like I understand, like don't say anything, but like, like between you and me, like with my background and me knowing a couple of these girls in your class, you know what I mean? 
or at least one of the people that were that were advocating for the n-word being you know or the negro being so bad i'm like i can you know i can really contest this argument mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um you know it, it, and anyway it's um it's tough it's tough and yeah. uh what were you gonna say i mean i i think um i think about the question thing sometimes it's not it's not your job to worry about answering that question and then also we gotta look at the demographic of the class if these five black people these black women these young black women have an issue with it then we have to pump the brakes right we have to have a conversation a larger conversation about okay i need you to know that as your teacher i hear you right even if it sounds ridiculous to me because you know often students don't have good good times because we're spoiled like our mom's like an awesome teacher right so we just expect that a lot of teachers will be awesome but it's not the case right often teachers are lazy and inconsiderate just like just like anyone, anyone who could have any job could be fantastic and attentive, or they could be a total shithead, and it's just a job to them, right? So many of those asshole teachers then become stand-up comedians and talk about their experience. Right? Some, people are just, some, people are, some people, even if they're not assholes, some people are just fucking bad. They're just, just like, bad. They're just right. They're just, just bad. Be, they can yes. try all they want. They're like, just bad. I, I thought I was gonna be a good teacher, but I am bad at it. Right. So that happens too. Right. So the students need to know that the teacher is trustworthy, right? We can't just assume that all students have a good enough background to just trust teachers, right? And all not all teachers are trustworthy, right? And then I think the conversation needs to go to, okay, well then I need to take this whole class period and break down to you the historical context of what these things mean, right? Why I think it's important that white people read this, right? And and here's the thing. If you don't want anyone to say it out loud, we're going to have 20 minutes or, 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 you know, you have to read one chapter and I, I have fences in my, in my bookshelf. It's not that long of a book. Right. So so you could finish it through a whole semester. You could finish two or three of those plays in a whole semester. Right. So then what do we do? Do we does everyone need to take the book home? And then we only need to have uh, in class discussions. Right. But then, then then the students are saying. No, no one can even read it. Right. Well, then it, then we get into a conversation of it appears like you don't know what censorship is because in your pursuit of justice, you may have just come into this room and, and, done, and, and done that. So I think that there's all kinds of opportunities that present themselves for the person who is in power, the teacher, to be able to step back as a bit of a theme, right? And look at this situation and say, well, I need to move forward, but that doesn't mean I can't move forward without these sensitivities, these sensibilities, right? Um, yeah, so I think it's it's very dicey stuff, and I don't blame anyone for not always getting it right. Um, and at, at the same time, I, I always, oh uh, uh, yeah, I always wonder what if and and what are the repercussions of doing something or not doing something. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. That's quite the existential question. Yeah, yeah. If you ask yourself that enough times, you may not wake up one morning. That's oh, just like that's shit. enough. That's enough question. That's a question that if asked enough can stop your heart. But I think that um, I, I to to because the students are still not happy with how the situation went down. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Follow ups, right? 
And because eventually the teacher had brought in like an expert on it. Cause at some point she was just saying when the students, cause the, the students just kept digging deeper and deeper mm. at one point during the discussion with, with her, with just the students and her one student turned on their camera and they were like, you know, sobbing. And they're like, why did you think that it was appropriate to make us say that or whatever, something like that. And the teacher was like, uh, but they had their phone on though. They, they, were, they, they were recording it. No, no, they, they had their, um, their, cause, cause so oh, zoom. So the, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. That was a classroom. No, 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 no <laughs> My no. bad, my bad. The teacher's requirement in the class is to have your camera on when you speak. And for some reason during this entire discussion, everyone who spoke decided to keep their camera off. And boy, they said some real bold things. Uh-huh, with their, with their off. camera off. And they, uh, all this whole thing about saying, well, we have a disconnect with you. That was all with cameras off. Right. And the teacher had her camera on the entire time. And, um, so anyway, this one girl turned on her camera or, or person, I don't know, um, person turned on their camera and was crying and was like being very accusatory. Why did you think it was appropriate to make us say that word? You know what I mean? And the teacher was just like, uh, you know what I mean? Cause like, what the, f- what the fuck? Like, is this a, are you, especially are you, as a black woman herself, right? That's you know crazy. I mean? And like, are you my parent now? Are you like, are you trying to teach me? Like, are you trying to like, like give me a spanking? Right now, like, what's happening? We just had a fucking hour-long conversation about this, and now you're gonna come at me with that bullshit? Like, that's I, I thought that when I heard that, I was like, that's a fucking lame card. That was lazy, lame, emotionally charged, unthought-out question to ask, mm. and that only weakened their case in my mind like tenfold. And um, and and but I think that the teacher uh didn't resolve the situation in a way that could have resolved this fast. Right. The teacher just kept saying, I'm, I'm not an expert on the whole thing, right? And then brought an expert at, at another class and they talked about it. But if I were the instructor, I'm like, fuck all that noise. And I would have been like, I would have read the fucking, the college's um, academic agreement in, mm. in, in challenging yourself and going through, not everything is going to be easy when we learn about these things. It's not going to be easy lest we never teach ourselves about slavery. Uh, it's, not, it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to push ourselves. You know what I mean? If I were the teacher, I would have fucking wasted a breath on on all that. I would have been like, I hear you. I'm sorry for making you feel that way. Um, you don't have to say it. And and I would have jumped right into that. Not all this bullshit about bringing in an expert on the thing because that that only kept that just kept the students just kept using that to kindle the flame and it just kept re- being on a recursive argument. Mm. I think the thing took the took two class periods and I was like, this shit should have taken twenty minutes. Like quite honestly, right. like the bottom line. However it made you feel, you are paying a lot of money for this education and you're going to fucking learn. You know what I mean? And that's that's how I would have felt about that situation mm. altogether. Um, but I'm not the teacher and I know that there's a lot of pressure. I wasn't under the situation. I was listening. You know, I, uh, uh, Rose was in the in the class, you know, on Zoom on her computer, and, you know, in another part of the room. And I was, you know, writing, you know, I was doing like, you know, planning or whatever for something. And I kept, you know, if I had glasses, I would kept hearing like, <laughs> I kept hearing things, and I was just writing, but like, Ugh! like whenever I hear something, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, damn, like I'm hearing this, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> kept hearing. Things. Um, so, so you know, from that perspective, you know, obviously I can be fucking kept in hindsight, but right, know, right, uh, yeah, there's no saying acknowledge that. You know what I mean? But, but you know what I mean? To everyone's defense, the situation what? could have been dealt with quicker. And, and. And right, because when we say "but," we cancel out what we just said. Yeah, but yeah, we cancel out. Uh, to right, everyone, I love you, bud. 
<laughs> I love you, but you're you're you're, you're a dummy. Um, yeah. But you won't say Negro in my class. You won't say Negro. <laughs> oh yeah. So well, that's yeah, so really- that that's so great that you uh you brought that experience because we're totally gonna talk about some other things and then we just like right we were like oh I hope that's enough to talk about on the podcast and then two things that I didn't even plan on bringing it up became the whole podcast. Oh, oh my god! Well, that's so, what it because is. next week, uh, by next week, you will have had time to watch Wandavision, and we'll get into we'll get into some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yes. Damn. Well, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for joining us this joining us this week. You know, um, <laughs> shit, we threw out a lot out there. I may have seen real dicey to some of y'all listeners out there, but guess what? Zach's been dealing with this shit for eighteen years. So uh, you know what I mean? No, uh, only three or four, actually. Oh yeah, or you're then, right. I'm not... Or then he was eating lollipops and skipping rope and shit. Imagine if I was a little curls bounce in ballet class when I was born. <laughs> you see the of the entire social constructs done with America. It's really quite dangerous, you know. Right. Like, put him back in. Put him back in. <laughs> He's not now. done cooking. He cooked too much. <laughs> he wasn't done cooking. <laughs> Right on. Well, thank y'all once again for tuning in to another week of the junkyard. Uh, go ahead and hit us on IG. You can find us at the junkyard. I'm on IG at the official Zach King. Imani's on IG at Imani King. Boom. We will catch y'all in the next one. <laughs>